Come and get your I Am Strong merch. Make yourself feel good and feel better. All right? Come on over to stevebryan.com today. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to Fired Up Friday. All right. We got Robin Sadivi, Mr. Great Beat in the house. That's right. (laughs) How are you today? I'm doing excellent. So glad to be here. I love that your show is on a Friday. Definitely one of my favorite days, if not best day of the week. (laughs) So um, tell us a little bit about your, your music, about yourself. Yeah, well, I more recently in the last four or five years got into music production and so full-fledged music producer now, but I got my humble start as a drummer. Um, and yeah, I played drums for a couple decades before uh, delving in to full production. Um, never really envisioned myself doing it, but it was something I discovered that I really enjoyed uh, more than nearly anything. <laughs> wow. And who were, who were some of your influences as a, as a drummer? Boy. Um, yeah, I, I got into, yeah, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I started out kind of getting away from kind of the, um, I don't know, the, uh, drum machine, you know, style music that I kind of grew up with once I got behind a drum set at the, uh, the tender age of about 13. And I, uh, started getting into some grunge rock because at that time, Oh, it was all about Pearl jam, Nirvana, smashing (laughs) pumpkins, you know? Um, and so I learned all that stuff, but then really got into some classic rock after that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the whole John Bonham, Keith Moon, um, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, you know, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Mitch Mitchell. Um, and then right after that got heavily into jazz fusion. So got into Miles Davis, got into Tony Williams, who's probably my still highest esteemed drummer. And uh, from there, moved on to African music. Wow, that make that makes sense. Why your music sounds very worldly? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> that yeah, yeah I, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I actually owe just kind of the mindset needed, I think, to allow myself to get into production. Mm-hmm. Um, to really the kind of mindset I got into once I started getting into African music. Oh wow. So what, so what made you get into production? Like what, was there a certain event or did you just stumble across it? Or I stumbled across uh, a simple MIDI controller made by Native Instruments, a Machina. <laughs> and uh, at the time hadn't been playing drums for a number of years. Um, had sort of gone on to other parts of my life uh, for a few years and had more or less put down the drum set. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I actually found it as a way to um, sort of heal myself. I felt like I was missing uh, something in my life, and that thing was music. Um, The fact that 
uh, simple MIDI controller made it easy for me to uh, get into music and just use a laptop that I had been previously using for web development. Um, and, and yeah, I was able to connect the two um, pretty easily. And that allowed me to get into production. It's not that I wasn't really interested in production maybe as a drummer. It's just that, I don't know, I just never had the right equipment maybe or the, the time and space or what was needed for everything to come together. So, um, yeah, now I'm doubling down on uh, learning everything I can. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, so there's two follow-up questions to this. One so you're an artist as well, too. But when yeah. you produce, which definitely going to ask some questions about the artistry, um, are there is there a certain genre that you produce or? or you- yeah, that's a great question. Um, I oftentimes refer to my music as uh, a mixture of, uh, you know, a uniquely innovative form of electronic music um, inspired by you know, a massive attack style trip hop and uh, sort of a, the emotional overtones of a, you know, like air and moon safari. Um, and yeah, I, and sort of marrying uh, those two influences um, for sure. Although there are many others. Okay. So the so on the so on the producing and the artist side, you lean more toward the electronic, you would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, given that I started out with a very simple setup and uh, you know really no microphone, um, it meant that all my sounds came, uh, you know, delivered to me in the form of virtual instruments or samples. Um, and I found those really easy to work with, and they gave me a really wide variety of sounds I could work with um, as a producer. You know, when I put on my sort of producer hat, I'm really trying to scour, you know, what from what's available, get the best sounds out. Um, and so, yeah, I really found that even though I was using virtual instruments and samples that there was still a lot I could do with sound. Um, and yeah, I actually started to appreciate uh, some other forms of music once I started getting into production. Um, not that I didn't appreciate these forms of music before, but I had a newfound appreciation. Whereas, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what those forms of music are, but whereas I was a drummer who kind of went away from the drum uh uh, machine sound in my own taste into more of a rock or jazz uh, world sound uh, using, you know, organic instruments and really being honed into the drums and the drum player and what they're doing. Um, when I moved on to production, then all of a sudden I had to look at the whole world of all the genres and start to appreciate parts of music, the world of music that I hadn't appreciated previously um, because I now had new ways to appreciate them. And so hip hop, I really started getting into a lot more, um, and electronic musics of all tempos as well. Wow. 
Yeah, because when I hear your music, sometimes I, I think of the word psychedelic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah. all day long. It's, it's <laughs> like no matter what the other sounds are, it's like it's buried somewhere in there. Cool. <laughs> well, I, I definitely. It's on air, but, you know, it makes you want to yeah. just relax. <laughs> nice. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it made me relax to make the music that you uh, can hear that's out there yeah. uh, right now. And I think that that's cool that that came through, you know, as the listener and, and as a producer to try to get that feeling across is, um, you know, kind of the ultimate goal for me. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and so like, as, as a producer, like what's, What's like the the favorite part of being a producer that you like? <laughs> yeah, other than everything, well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, I came from a performance background. Um, I had certainly recorded my drum playing in the studio and composed many drum parts um, and followed many arrangements and compositions. Um of others too. And so I had that experience of a performer. And so, um, at a certain level, I always valued the quality of the performance. Um, now things changed a little bit when I became a producer, because all of a sudden the performance was very, a very malleable thing. Um, you know, using MIDI is how I started, right? So if I recorded a uh, a performance um, using a MIDI controller and kind of the touch sensitive drum pads and using my fingers uh, to play. Um, if there were any, you know, mistakes, I could easily go in and correct them. Um, and so all of a sudden, performance was something that I, I put on the back burner in a way if that makes any sense. And I, I focused in on the skills I didn't have already developed with my previous background as a performer. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, and so as an artist, you go by grade beat. So we're, we're curious to know where did that name come from? <laughs> What's the story on that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So my last name said if he, uh, is a Czech name um, from that region, and um, it just means gray. And I'm sure the pronunciation is a bit different. So the color gray, and uh, and I originally had uh, I was going to start a, a web development company um, and use the word gray. And when I connected the MIDI controller to that laptop I mentioned earlier you know, that part of this venture that I was undertaking, uh, was gone. And now it was a, it was a music, uh, department <laughs> of my company. Right. And so, um, yeah, I had to think of another name and I, I'm a drummer and I love beats and I came up with a gray beat and, you know, since I code a little bit and I'm used to like camel case coding and things where you're, you know, smashing two words together, but with, uh, uh, you know, uppercase word, um, still, 
um, you know, so it's cameled like two little humps. Um, so I, I put the two words gray and beet as one with camel case. And, um, I went with the spelling with an A of gray, mind you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I researched and just, I, I realized this was something I, that was still for me, got it all trademarked and off I went. Uh, that's so, so great is like a translation of your last name yeah. and beat. It comes from, cause you love beats. <laughs> You're a drummer. You just love the beat, beat, beat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it sort of did, I suppose, take on a new meaning. Um, you know, as I made my first EP, because the first EP, came, um, ended up becoming about a space alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we know about like the gray space aliens, the grays, right. They have, the, <laughs> that was a kind of like style of alien that gray right. alien was. So, um, <laughs> that's a little lesser of a, a meaning. It's not a super like multi-dimensional name. Um, but a lot of my work actually does have a lot of, uh, dimensions of meaning. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) So, you know, you have this picture that um, where it's like it's your face and it's like it's it's, it it almost looks like you're trying to break out of something. Like what was the meaning behind that picture? Like what what were you what was your message that wanted to do with that? (laughs) Is this the one with the little boxes? Yeah. 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 So what that is, is that is a mosaic that mm-hmm. um, I created uh, using a tool that I found. And the idea that I had for this picture was um, originally actually to have an alien face. Okay. Oh. And uh, have this mosaic with all of kind of different screenshots from my live performances. Uh, making up the face of the alien in the background. And um, yeah, fast forward a few different revisions and you get the picture of me, uh, which was uh, actually from a photo that um, an esteemed photographer, um, Mike Madison, Bump Opera here in uh, Minneapolis, um, took uh, a year ago. So um, had that and it ended up being perfect for this project. And uh, I put it on the cover of my live album. Oh, wow. <laughs> so are you ever going to revisit that, uh, alien idea with the, with the pictures with the other, cause that sounds like that would have been awesome as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I realized that I might've gotten that idea from a video game art cover. Uh um yeah because um i had been playing this game a while back and there was an alien it was just alien face with a mosaic actually i think so (laughs) or it was was like pixelated or something so you know i'll have to double check it's not like already been done you know what i mean and better but um yeah i you know I'm actually leaving it pretty open-ended as to what I'm going to do with uh, the whole 
alien thing. Um, you know, it's going to continue for sure. But uh, yeah, what happens is it's kind of a album by album sort of story. And so, I, you know, I have some ideas what the third album here is going to be like for me, or at least the second full length album. But uh, the story doesn't usually come about and therefore kind of the album cover um, till towards the end of making the album usually. Yeah, right. That's true. That That's true. I find that to be a common process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And um, so where, where did you get the name Wellstrom? Yeah, Wellstrom. Yeah. I may be yeah, saying it good, wrong. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. So the name of uh, the title track for my first EP Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually just describes the sound of that particular sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also ended up representing a, um, like a wormhole, like a swirling black vortex that like engulfs Graylian and transports Graylian to our dimension. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So. On the album cover of that EP, uh, it has like a little, I don't know, it's actually like a, like almost like a candy cane looking little swirly vortex up in the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's the Whalestrom, that's the, the vortex. And also just the name of the song that sounds very swirly. Yeah, I, I see it here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. And so your um, your fan club, your street team, they're the Grillians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I I actually signed up on your site, greatbeat.com. and I was like, oh, look, you know, I, I like his music. Let me let me sign up and be a Grillian. <laughs> So that's kind of cool. You have your you have your Facebook group and um, what, what yeah. do you do for like your community there for the group? Cool. Yeah. So the the sign up page for this particular um, group is a little bit hidden, but it's actually at go.graybeat.com and it's go.graybeat.com. Um, and all it is is online community. I share special behind the scenes um content it includes live streams so i've been sharing a song i've been working on the last few weeks uh includes hanging out with people in the group who are all sorts of music lovers and even other music makers and artists and it means uh actually exclusive merchandise and uh other sorts of benefits um that you can't get anywhere else so i wanted to do something special that uh, you know, I could use to really connect with people. Um, I didn't know this was going to be it, but, uh, it's really been an awesome place, uh, for like everyone involved. And I know, uh, I've seen you in there (laughs) and, uh, yeah, you've been, um, you know, enjoying like the live stream I did here, um, this last week. So, yeah. Yeah. You played some good, uh, song you was working on. It sounded, sounded pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so we've changed the thing on the screen to go.greatbeat.com. 
<laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, because yeah, I do kind of have two different like websites. Um and the goat.gravy.com though is the only one where you can get all kind of the exclusive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and it's also the only way you can get into the private group. All right. <laughs> so so if somebody don't know about it and they go on your website. I guess they're just going to miss out <laughs> right now. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool to have it uh, exclusive in a way. It's almost like you only know if you're introduced some kind of way, you know, <laughs> or if someone Definitely. listening to the podcast or watching this live stream, you know, they'll, you, you can see go.graybeat.com G R A Y B E A T.com. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Exactly. Like, it, you know, I, th- I do throw it up there exactly when I'm doing my live streams and I'm kind of hanging out in places I know uh, my fans kind of are going to be, you know, um, that's the whole idea uh, behind the group is that, um, you know, I'm not just like, you know, um, putting a broadcast out like everywhere on the Internet saying, hey, come join for no reason. No, it's. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I've, I've released a couple albums and stuff now I've, I'm doing some other stuff, a lot of live, uh, shows, um, kind of pioneered, kind of a innovative live show. And, um, you know, honestly, there just kind of needed to be a way for me to connect with the people who are consuming all the stuff I've been doing out there. And, um, yeah, so it's cool. <laughs> Now you can feel free to not answer this question. You don't have to, <laughs> but, but you know, can't help but wonder. So what's your takes on ETs, you know, and yeah. other worlds and <laughs> <laughs> it, only if you want to answer it. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I think it's fun to think about like for sure. Um, you know um, it's funny because like, it's not like a huge part of like who I am, you know, I don't spend a lot of time to be honest, like thinking about stuff that is, I guess, um, I don't know, you know, unproven. (laughs) Um, right. But like, it is fun to get into that mode of, of thinking. Right. And, um, when I'm making music, um, you know, I want to affect you. And like you said, it's a psychedelic, relaxing type of a experience. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of put that fun into the music, you know, have a fictional story. Um, you know, but as it turns out, I mean, I do have a lot of thoughts on the subject and, and, you know, I think, um, you know, outer space might be one place where we could find intelligent life. Um, you know, but I also think, you know, it, you know, there are different sort of parallel dimensions and, you know, different sorts of other possibilities. Um, you know, there's just so much um, that we don't know about our surroundings. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot we do know as human beings, we have uh, amazing capabilities. Um, but we also have the capability to realize that there's something more that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's how we got to as where we are, you know, and knowing all the things that we do um, and able to experience all the things and even, 
um, I almost read people's minds sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think everybody has, you know, like that intuition to a degree, you know, yeah. it's just as how much we tune into it. And I think as artists and, you know, you being an artist and a producer to some degree, you almost have to get people, you know, especially to put out the music that you're putting out because it's having the effect that you're intending to have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I noticed one thing that you mentioned, you said, you know, making that kind of music relaxes you. So it's, it's almost like this transference of energy in a sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's kind of, and it's like this calm demeanor. Have you always been this calm? You know, like, is that just, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or did that take some work and, you know, over time to get to that point? <laughs> well, it took some work, certainly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For some reason, the more I make music, the calmer I get. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, certainly a few more revolutions around the sun never hurt. But, um, yeah, I think. Um, part of me healing through music and using production as a, a, a source of calm um, has it, it sort of benefits and it, it, it really feels good to know, for instance, that I'm doing what at least I feel like I was meant to be doing. Um, right. You know, that's an undeniable sort of feeling that I have and an energy that, flows from me through the music. Um, and it's, I just want to say an amazing thing and almost incomprehensible that something that's previously been recorded and is played exactly the same every time, you know, in other words, a song that's recorded a, a record. Um, the fact that it, it can have a transference of energy, but, you know, I do have some thoughts about that. I think, um, you know, certainly the speakers move sound, it moves the air around you. Um, you know, so there really is a transference of energy there. Also, um, there are just so many intricate details involved with creating a record that I think if done well, and in enough minute detail is paid attention, um, you know, you really could potentially create something that someone would consider quote timeless, you know, yeah. and I think that's what a timeless record is, is that it has an amazing ability to transfer that intended energy. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, um, so I see you had like your EP and then you have your two albums um, have you had like some other unreleased stuff or not unreleased, but other like singles or anything or. Yeah, I have actually put out a couple of singles officially and those were my first, uh, vocal productions. Um, mm -hmm. my first two albums were or your first three, I guess, technically including my live album. I can't forget that one. Right. Um, yeah, you know, are all instrumental. Uh, they might have some vocal samples here and there, but, um, you know, what I did specifically for these last two singles is to, uh, you know, learn 
uh, recording. <laughs> Since I hadn't learned recording and I didn't have the microphone previously, um, you know, what I did is uh, got some equipment to record vocals, uh, did some research, did some, uh, you know, experiential learning and, and more research and more experimenting with attempting to record and so on and so forth. And yeah, I eventually got to a point where I even had my wife sing backup vocal mm-hmm. on the first song. And uh, yeah, then I even uh, s- sent out a second vocal uh, single here before the end of this last spring. Um, there are some other unreleased items that are in the works, uh, some of which I've shared exclusively uh, at go.gravy.com, but also, um, you know, some that I've shared on um, a couple of sites. And one of them is Metapop, uh, where they have the uh, kind of contest, the production contests. I have an account there with a couple of tracks, and then I put those over on my SoundCloud as well. But um, the rest of it's more or less under wraps. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like a, a trend here has been release uh, album every year. So or, are we going to see one before 2021 is out or? <laughs> I would oh, like no, to I say. No, you, you're you good. released live. Never mind. I did. Already I meant 2022. Year. Sorry. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely for 2022. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, that's fine. That my ambitious part of my brain, I think, uh, at one point thought that was a realistic possibility to do a second album this year. But uh, 2022 is is right in the wheelhouse for what is possible for sure and what I'm shooting for. And, uh, and that'll be no small uh event you know um it'll really be a culmination um of uh you know just a lot of experiences honestly i've had in about the last year Mm -hmm. and moving forward uh so i expect it to be definitely sort of a seminal gray beat piece in you know gray beat career um you know i really liked what i've been doing and i think it you know holds up but uh yeah i just am only improving and growing and um the rate at which it's going at this point is very fast and the quality of work is better than i would have expected um but i'm just kind of holding on to the reins with right. both hands <laughs> and shooting for that 2022. <laughs> right. It's almost here. We, you know, it's just, I mean, December, January is here before you know it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're shooting for mid, mid 2022. <laughs> that'll be uh, something that'll at least involve a little bit of self care in the meantime. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> have you um, already started working on any songs for that project or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm shooting to have about 12 songs and okay. most of those songs have already been started in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm always leaving open the possibility that I might scratch one of the ongoing projects I have. Uh, if something better fills that 12 slot, 
Um, but I did a, you know, six song album, a nine song album, and then a nine song live album based on that previous album. So 12 seemed like a good goal, uh, and, and a nice round mathematical progression and something simple, not too ambitious, but also something since I seem to have a lot of different songs, it, you know, I needed to have some space to have them all on the album and then, uh, also, you know, give me something to shoot for that is sort of a level up. <laughs> that makes sense. So is is there anything uh, like any special meaning about the number three? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great question. A lot actually. of threes going um, on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Number three is sort of like, I feel like number three is, it's going to have... a lot of variety mm -hmm. and I think one of the challenges is that it will have so much variety. Um, but what I've kind of come to realize is that is going to also be one of the key parts of the character of this album is that there's this sort of variety, right? Mm -hmm. And who doesn't like variety? Who doesn't like a variety show? <laughs> Right. I don't know, maybe some people. <laughs> um, but I guess my point is, is that variety is the spice of life. No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, variety is, is fun. Um, and I have so many different a aspects of what I'm doing now that I want to share that it'll be hard for me to, to just do one sort of genre mm -hmm. in this album. Um, there's going to be a number of upbeat songs and a lot of them will have an organic feel. Um, a, most of them, maybe half will have vocals. Mm. Um, and I think what'll happen is that, um, you'll see kind of different parts of me come out that you haven't seen previously. And I think that that's the character of this album. Um, it's sort of me coming into my own, uh, as a producer, um, yeah. and, um, yeah, expressing every thing I've learned every step along the way. Um, and the fun thing is there's going to be, um, uh, you know, a little bit more collaboration this time, and that'll be part of the, uh, special spice that, We'll give it that variety um, since, uh, you know, it'll be a few songs that involve uh, people playing different instruments um, that I'll have collaborated with, um, you know, and that'll be new for a gray beat album. Oh, that's going to be nice. So not, not trying to get too far ahead. So is the album in 2023 going to be a 15 song album <laughs> <laughs> but the way things are going these days um and kind of the length of the album increasing by quite a bit if you notice with yeah. some artists coming out with albums that would fit on probably only three cds back in the day and just putting them up on spotify as one album um you know i started to see that trend so who knows <laughs> hopefully not 150 right <laughs> well one thing that can happen is go up 
by three and then at some point go down by three and then take it back up by three, I guess. <laughs> See, I like, I like, uh, I like throwing a little unpredictability. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, you get the chance to uh, call the play, right? You know, as the coach, you're the, it's my coach hat. I get to kind of play with my audience, you know, so. <laughs> Have them speculating. So, cause they might exactly. be 11 or 13 or 14. <laughs> I'm thinking possibly uh, a prime number or possibly uh, not even an integer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wonder what about half, like have half the song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now the wheels are you got me the wheels spinning here we're gonna to figure out a way to make that happen <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if there's any songs on on anywhere that has like the halves i don't think i, I don't know if i've seen it it may exist who knows <laughs> i think anytime that the song exists it's either a full song or if it doesn't exist it's not so it has to be somewhere between existing and not existing, if that makes any sense. And finding a way to record it in that state. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, who, who knows how this is going to go, you know. <laughs> and are, are you into like art or anything? I, I thought I saw some designs or something when I was looking on your site. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I do some graphic art. Okay. And what I've done is it's creative coding. So, um, I've kind of used the power of some kind of cutting edge software we have at our disposal to create real time graphics that sync up with real time live audio remixes that I do. And so I've coded uh, some special graphics that are never the same twice since I always, uh, you know, I created songs that are never the same twice. And then I've linked the two through code. Um, so I do that. And that is a, definitely a form of, you know, visual art, um, uh, you know, but at the same time, I also have uh, a couple of more than a couple album covers uh, it's kind of very creative uh, photos of myself as well that have uh, some other artists have done. Oh, and, um, you know, one of them in particular for Elemental Rhapsody uh, was a, a it's a very um, serious work of art. It uh, the amount of labor, honestly, that went into that cover art is. um incredible and something i will share in detail eventually here on with the Graylians. but there's a lot of meanings that go into the songs and also the cover art for that album and um since it's a very intense work of art it um you know it has very fine detail so even though you know you almost need like a whole wall to see all the detail to make this art really huge so you can actually see everything that's going on in it um but it also tells the story of the album, which is an amazing kind of thing um, to have happen with such a detailed work of art and such a complicated album that has many dimensions of meaning embedded into each song. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the, the main piece of art right now um, that, um, 
you know, I think kind of represents gray beat other than, um, you know, the logo. Um, (laughs) and yeah, so, you know, fortunately I actually have to, uh, credit my father because he's the artist behind, uh, a lot of this, including the, the Whalestrom EP we collaborated on. I drew a pencil sketch and he did the rest. Um, and he spent well over a month working, uh, just diligently on the elemental Rhapsody cover art. We sort of collaborated on that, although I didn't have a hand in it. We spoke and went back and forth a a lot to kind of comprise the composition of, of the art, uh, and have it represent different things, um, to match the album. And, um, what else? Yeah. That, and there's, uh, yeah, some different, uh, singles and things. And I've done, uh, some artwork for those, uh, based on that original artwork. So I've kind of, I have a little bit of a, a knack for it, uh, certainly, but, but yeah, yeah, I can't uh, take full credit <laughs> for sure. Uh, any stretch of the imagination for a lot of the cool art that kind of resides in the gravy world. Oh, wow. <laughs> Has, have your, uh, father, does he draw too, or, or is it mostly just the graphics like electronically? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he really does a wide variety of art. Um, in fact, um, certainly drawing, certainly the, um, the, uh, the computer graphics, uh, I believe, which involves some drawing Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, digital drawing as well as, uh, by hand, uh, and kind of combining the two. Yeah. And, um, and then from there, really um you know actually uh full uh installations art installations which are these uh enormous signs and different sorts of uh structures that he builds for other people um and he also does gold leaf uh he's one of the best gold leaf artists in the region and he uh actually uh uh, does a lot of that for uh, antique woodwork and a restoration of antique uh, boats. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's he's the visual guy, um, but he's got a great taste in music too. Which, you know, he's he's got a large role to play in the existence of Greybeat, certainly. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that, um, does do you guys listen to pretty much like similar? you have similar taste in music or I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I grew up partially on his record collection, uh, his vinyl collection, as we call it now. And, you know, listening to just, you know, hundreds of records that were lying around and, um, well, they were neatly stowed away, but there were just so many to go through and, um, yeah, so, you know, that's how I got into a lot of classic rock, for example, mm. was actually listening to uh, these original vinyl records on a turntable a receiver and speaker setup from the 1970s. Oh, wow. Um, which honestly sounded really cool. <laughs> and so, um, 
yeah, that was a great way, you know, to get into a lot of the music that I love, um, was through his record collection and yeah, just seeing that, uh, yeah, we, you know, I kind of, as a, a musician myself, uh, found that our, our taste started to align more at that point, once I started playing drums and, uh, okay. learning a lot more of history of music and, um, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So it, it appears that you like to leave your audience um, guessing. Because I noticed <laughs> on, on especially the second album, you have To Be Continued <laughs> as the last song. <laughs> I just noticed a lot yeah. of things like that with your, with your work. So it's, do you it's just true. always like to keep them guessing? or <laughs> In a way. In a way. You know, because why not? I think it doesn't it inspire imagination? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what is, uh, Zool? That was, that was Zool the first, is, first song on your uh, second, on your first album. The first album. Yeah, you got it. Um, Zool is the home planet of Graylian. Okay. And the planet that Graylian leaves, um, on a, a journey really with no, uh, sort of goal, um, sort of a journey that just kind of blindly was following a calling from a distant land. And, uh, and so it also kind of represents my, uh, transition over into producing music. Um, Zool is also the first song, um, that I uh, really arranged for the album okay. and maybe one of my first, it's definitely one of my first compositions, um, possibly the earliest one on that album. Okay. And so, cool. yeah, it, it fit in nicely with this kind of what I was going through and, um, and it's, yeah, but it's the home planet kind of the thing that I was leaving behind or Graylian was leaving behind. Oh, wow. So now it all ties in. You have the home planet planet. And then I know it's a song named Graylian's on there. And then it goes all the way to, to be continued. <laughs> like, like what's the rest of the story? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. You know, and, and to think like, I never expected the album to even have a story to begin with. Right. <laughs> um, How did that, you know, <laughs> I had a lot of faith that it would be continued. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how would you say that your story, you know, developed as you were putting the songs together? Uh, it was a, it was a back and forth conversation sort of that would go on in my mind, you know, um, you know, once I knew I wanted to create an album, even if I didn't know why I wanted to create an album, um, it, you know, I guess I felt like it was the best way to share what I was doing okay. and what I love to do. Um, you know, but once I knew that, I knew that there'd have to be uh, a certain number of songs combined together and they would have to have an order um, and 
you know, I sort of um, didn't, I, I knew I wouldn't have like vocals, you know, to tell a story, right? I wouldn't have a way inside the music to tell the story other than the instruments. Mm. So when the idea came to me that what I was making could tell a story, um, it sort of made me a cinematic flair that it was going on. It was sort of me learning how to really tell a story literally with a song and choosing which instruments to highlight and what sort of melodies to create, um, what sort of timbres to work with. It was sort of like, I guess I was telling a story through these instruments. And so when it came to me that I could create a story around it, um, then when I would sit down to make the music, all of a sudden I'd realize, um, that there could be this additional layer to sort of have, um, baked in to what I was creating. Oh, okay. Um, and so I'd be creating, you know, so as I was creating the music, I would come up with parts of the story as I was not creating the music and sort of like leaving the music behind um, and going on and doing other things and kind of getting my mind off of it. Then other parts of the story will kind of show up too. And so it was a real back and forth thing where it was an introspection, but it also was uh, an additional layer of expression that I could add to my art. Wow. Okay. That that's very detailed. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like you put a lot of uh, thought into how you're doing your songs, how you're presenting your songs to the world. And when I hear some of your songs, like just the instrumentation, it, it's, it's a lot of details in that. And, and there's, Probably because, you know, musicians ear, you know, <laughs> there yeah. it seems to be a lot of uh, subconscious tones too, like tones that you put in there, <laughs> but maybe it's turned down to a certain frequency to where it's not obviously audible. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely. Are, so are those like intentional or do you just kind of come across it and you keep it or a combination of both? Uh, what happens a lot of times is that... Um, so my overarching goal when I sit down is like, I want to transfer that emotion, transfer that energy to the listener. Okay. And so, yeah, what happens, um, say the question again, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so basically like the, the music that you have buried in the music. Yeah. Yeah. So your, yeah, yep. that. thanks. Yeah. Thank my train of thought. Uh, escape me there. Um, but it's a complicated thought. So yeah, as, as I would create the music, I was trying to transfer that emotion, but I was also of course trying to create something that was enjoyable to listen to. And since it was a record, something that's enjoyable to listen to again and again. Right. And what would happen is I would come up with different ideas for parts to the song, different instruments. I find a cool sound, come up with a cool composition of the part. And maybe after a while, like I would honestly maybe tire of that mm. part of the composition because as I'm working on the song and hearing it more and more, um, you know, I will get tired of it. And, and I don't want there to be a tiresome aspect to listening to the song. 
Um, so what I might do is take it out. Or a lot of times what I'll do is I'll still like that part, but at a very low volume. And I'll sort of tuck it in as a sort of a textural element to the song. Um, and, and basically do something where you're creating a very rich texture for your song. You're trying to sort of tell the story still and, and bringing out the main parts of your composition to the listener. Those are the ones that hit their ear the loudest, you know, those things that tell the story and then tucking back just that textural part of the story. And so as the story is told, you know the story, what it is on its face, but you also have kind of a rich backdrop to this story. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And so I might do, I do that a lot. You know, for instance, um, song I'm working on right now with the drums and I'm composing for it. Um, I really want there to be a kick, a snare, maybe like a hi-hat um, for the main kind of thrust of the rhythm um the main theme of the the drum composition and it's it's not a very busy rhythm but it has some syncopation and um even though those are only three elements kick snare hi-hat i mean i i have uh you know at least a hundred different drums in there wow it's just that <laughs> as i'm brainstorming and coming up with ideas, um, kind of the best parts of the sounds that I'm coming up with will sort of percolate to the top. Um, and um, the other things will kind of fall back, but but they won't necessarily, uh, you know, just be very loud. They'll just kind of add that uh, something that if you took it away from the song, you would feel like you lost some energy or something. You right. maybe not can tell what it is. Right. So I, yeah, when I hear a cool sound and an energy and I want to keep it in the song, um, I still have to choose which ones I'm highlighting in the song, but, um, you know, that allows me to then tuck a lot of sound beneath the surface. Wow. That's very interesting. <laughs> And so for, for, you know, up and coming producers who want to get into producing, what would your recommendation be as far as what are some first steps for them? Yeah, don't, uh, you know, I guess be conscious of the barriers that prevent you from enjoying the art of production. And so when you're first starting out, um, that could be just about anything. Um, right. But what I found is that if you have a really basic set of equipment, like I did when I started, just mm -hmm. a small amount of money, um, you know, you don't have to go buy a whole bunch of equipment, for example, to start out. You don't have to say, okay. I'm going to do this and then put up a bunch of barriers that say, but I can't do this until I have this thing, you know? So for instance, I didn't even have an audio interface when I started. Now, if you know what an audio interface is, 
there are no producers who produce music without an audio interface. And in fact, it's, it, you know, it's almost impossible to do, um, you know, it's just a, a technical thing that you need this piece of equipment, you know, but I didn't have that even. Wow. It was my love for doing the production though, that eventually got me to go back to guitar center and get an audio interface, a cheap one, the lowest level one didn't even have a regular, let's just an RCA connection. Um, and then I just kind of kept going little by little and the better I got and the more I enjoy what I was doing, really, I was just trying to learn what the knobs did anyway with how to create a song inside the software and, right. you know, use the MIDI controller and what these effects even were and what these sound, you know, just so many different things to learn inside of this new world, uh, inside the, just inside the software really, um, that, you know, I was just busy with that. And so don't let like the initial quality of what you're doing be a barrier. You know, I really think if you like what you're doing, you just, you know, you'll find a way to, to make it better each time that you, uh, sit down and really, honestly, it's good to research and get information online and from other people. Um, it's almost even better, if not equally important, just to sit down and mess with your tools and try to compose and figure out what your workflow looks like. Right. Um, you know, there's just so many hours that you can spend without having hardly any equipment um, that you can use to improve what you're doing. Um, and you know, the other thing is just to know that as long as you believe in what you're doing, you know, you'll find a way to reach your next goal, you know? Right. Um, you know, there's so many things that I just didn't know about audio production. I didn't even know any producers or engineers or anything. Um, oh, wow. You know, and I literally just, I mean, the Google bar was my friend. Just, <laughs> I mean, everything I needed to know, I'd have to like, just do brute force research. Just go search it out, read, um, learn, you know, um, you know, and honestly, what I found is that like, Every time I would come into a technical challenge of which there are many and of which I think some people would get frustrated with and, you know, it would change their workflow or they wouldn't get to the next level they want to get to maybe because of that barrier, you know, but it's really just a mental barrier. And, um, yeah, you know, so I think, um, you know, uh, what was I saying about the, technical thing um, <laughs> anyway yeah you're you're pretty much saying like well the way i'm translating it is <laughs> first of all someone would really need to be passionate about it yeah well it will help <laughs> if they're if they're passionate about right. it it will help uh, it, it will help them figure out what they need to do to make whatever work can happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Including the technical stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, there's a, 
I got a lot of advice to <laughs> put out there, but that's kind of the core of, I think, breaking down the mental barriers. Oh, I, I know what it was. When you find those like technical challenges, even, um, that's really just another opportunity for you to learn and get better. Um, so once I started kind of following my passion, really, which was this music production, um, that's when I realized, like, I wasn't upset or even slowed down at all by challenges, uh, technical stuff or otherwise. Um, at least I had a concept then I could work with that I could use to get better when they presented themselves as a concept to me. Right. That makes sense. Well, and, uh, did you have any uh, other words of wisdom or anything in general you would like to just share? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, music is is one form of art, certainly, and it's a universal form of art. Um, but what's great uh, is that there are a lot of other forms of art, too. Um, and I think we're finding that there are even more forms of art than we thought there were before now. Um, you know, as we get into virtual reality and, you know, real-time coding stuff that I do and um, just digital technology, um, you know, it's kind of changing the landscape for art. But I think what's important is that you know, a lot of artists like myself might dabble in different forms of art, but for me, music is the form of art that I want to pursue. I still like everything and I actually get better at the other things through music, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. But um, find that thing that is your calling. It doesn't mean you have to put, you know, if your thing is visual art and you make some music, that's cool. Do both, you know. Um, maybe one you like more than the other, that's fine. But like, you can literally get better, like I said, at visual art through music. Um, and, and I, I think you just got to spend the time, um, find a way to get that time, get that creative place. Um, and I think with so many, you know, we're going into kind of like the winter fall season here. Uh, the sun is setting earlier. There's less vitamin D out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think it's really important to be able to have sort of the creative outlet. So, um, you know, parents invest in your kids' creative outlets, um, you know, and it's through that, that we can kind of transcend other problems. Like I said, you can get better through visual art, using music, you can get better at, um, personal relationships, you know, just by getting in touch with yourself through art, you know, sure. there are just so many benefits uh, that art provides for a society that, um, you know, there's no way it could ever be a bad investment. So especially, especially with, you know, all the mental health challenges out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah, that's, you said a lot in that statement. <laughs> that a lot of good points, especially the the mental health and people being self-aware of what's going on around them and how things are impacting them. And Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what you just said comes through your music. You, you can, you can feel it because it, it just, it puts a certain energy 
I know I used the word psychedelic earlier, but it's, it's, it's more to it than that. It's just, it's a very, it makes you want to reflect. It makes you want to just kind of come out of, out of your element. That's, that's why I felt almost like as if your music is, is helping people escape from anything that's holding them back. And that's what I got from the picture when I saw that picture. Almost, you know, whether that was the original intent or not, it was almost like I'm breaking out. <laughs> I'm breaking out, you know. So that's cool. I I hadn't looked at it that way, but I absolutely agree with that uh, sort <laughs> of translation of that art because. Um, even before I started producing music, um, you know, that I found there's a certain empowerment, um, to undertake something difficult, um, and learn on your own even. Um, and so really the music is just sort of an extension of that part of myself, um, just because it was so solitary. Um, so that makes sense that that would come through. <laughs> That's cool. Um, are, are you going to be doing any, um, I know you mentioned you do your live streams. Um, are you going to do any, like, I don't know if you thought about this yet, but future virtual concerts or anything for your, for your audience? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've always got room for, doing some sort of special, you know, one-time event. Of course I do my, my weekly show, which is called just that it's gray beat live weekly. Um, and I'll be actually working on some new live material. And so I, without giving away any details have, yeah, some ideas that there might be a really special way uh, to, you know, present the, this new material in a special event. Oh, uh, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the floor is yours. If you have anything else. Uh... Yeah, no, I just that, um, you know, like you said, um, make sure to follow at Graybeat music. Uh, that'll be my handle on all the social media pages. Um, that's the best way to get in touch or find my live shows. Um, and if you are uh, awake at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on Thursdays, uh, that is when I play uh, live every week on Twitch, YouTube, Mixcloud, and uh, Facebook. And uh, furthermore, it is in syndication on Minneapolis Comcast channel 16 with uh, Speak Minneapolis public access every Friday at 2 p.m. If you are in the, uh, you know, Minneapolis uh, watching area. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that's wow. I'm, I'm, I can see why it's in syndication. <laughs> you have some good stuff. Thanks. Yeah. So, folks, check them out at uh, any any social media handle at Gray Beat Music, and that's Gray with the A G R A Y B E A T Music. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, that the, the word gray has always been weird because sometimes I've seen it with yeah. the A, sometimes with the E. It's like it's like it's no technically wrong or right way to spell it, I guess. Oh, no. You know, you, I think you stumbled on the multidimensional part of my name now is yeah. the word gray itself is it has so many different <laughs> sort of meanings. I feel like it's sort of like a meta has sort of a meta meeting over it because it has those two different spellings. Right. And it also represents like being in between two constants, some, but in the gray wow. area. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, really in the gray area is, is where we live. Right. And that's where all the excitement and detail is. Yeah. That's interesting. That's how we grow. Yeah. The way you put it. <laughs> yeah, because when people are and things are so rigid one way or the other, it doesn't leave any room for, for movement. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that one more thing about music is that it is a universal language when we can't always articulate everything we want to express, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. language is, is great. It's a powerful tool, but there's limitations. There's so many weird quirks and limitations to language. Look at all the different styles that we've come up with to communicate. Yeah. Um, and yet music still is the ultimate form. Yeah. I have to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Because but learn, you can uh, learn other languages too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's amazing how some people, even if they don't speak your same language, but they hear your music and, and it still makes them feel that feeling, even if they don't know the words, they're still feeling that feeling. So it's, it's definitely a lot of evidence with that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Like if we listen to someone speaking a language and we didn't understand what they were saying, we might hear kind of the the musical qualities of what they're saying, you know, but maybe very little of the meaning because you might have some uh, body language or intonations maybe that you can infer about what they're saying, um, you know, and so just like that, we have a lot of different sort of styles of music. There's different cultures. Um, but at that same time, there's a all kinds of different ways to express kind of that same universal thing that we all share. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And it could be expressed in all kinds of different languages and forms of music. Um, and, um, you know, the fact that there's no single way to do it just means that we'll always be making more music. That's, that's a very interesting point. I like the way you put things. You you kind of bring them in a certain perspective that it makes one think. And it comes across in your music that way, too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I definitely don't sit down and think, all right, I'm going to make a million dollars. That's not <laughs> what I think when I'm sitting down. <laughs> <Right>. That's true. <laughs> well, um, it's been great having you on. Time flies. I can't believe we we've been on over an hour, and um, it's been cool. It seems like it's just been fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We keep coming up with great more, you know, 
some more great phrases to use some great topics. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure you'll be on the show some more at some point in the future. And, uh, with some more of these good philosophies, because there's so much we could like everything you talked about can be dissected into even more information. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, we better do it soon. Cause I'm going to have so much more to talk about next time. Too. <laughs> <laughs> have to break it up. <laughs> right. Well, that's it for um, this edition of fired up Friday. And don't forget to check out Graybeat at go.graybeat.com. That's go.graybeat.com. He's syndicated, folks, so check him out. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps us up for this edition of Fired Up Friday. All right. <laughs> Are you ready to feel good? Are you ready to feel inspired? Then come and get your I Am Strong merch. It's smooth on the skin. And guess what? When you wear it, people will be asking, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get those clothes? And you can say, I am strong. Come on over to steveryan.com today. <laughs>